This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Special guest, Senior Pastor Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church from Dixon, Illinois. Uh, Don, welcome back. Hey, good morning. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well. The world is uh, turned upside down. I know many people are really uh, plagued by anxiety. In fact, people wonder why they're so miserable. I think they wonder why they're filled with fear and anxiety. People wonder why they're tormented or why their mind cannot concentrate. Christians wonder why they are constantly on edge or they lose their temper so easily. A huge question Christians have is, quote, why are not my prayers answered, unquote? Could it be that there is not enough of God's love in their life? Without enough of God's love in a Christian's life, They cannot forgive. They cannot forgive. Consequently, their prayers are not answered. You know, Don, I spoke a couple messages recently on one. Peace depends on forgiveness and the renewing of the mind brings peace. Peace depends on forgiveness. You know, I used uh, in one of my text sermons, uh, the text Mark eleven twenty four through 25, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also Forgive you your trespasses. So what I see here, Don, is the faith of verse 24. You know, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. In other words, the faith, the confidence in God. The faith of 24 must be coupled with the love of verse 25 in order to see results in our prayers. Don? Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. A little bit, a lot to unpack there. Um, when you start talking, especially in today's society, when you talk about love, like many other things in our culture today, those terms have been 
hijacked and redefined. Oh, totally. And the church has adopted those those redefined words, and then we're trying to preach we're trying to preach a gospel of love, but it's a gospel of redefined love. And so it's everything is love, love, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. But then we don't understand the scripture verses that says that God loves us as sons and he disciplines us. Well, totally. And when we're under, when we're under discipline, we somehow believe that it couldn't possibly be God's love. And I, and I tell people all the time, if you're about to go over the edge of a cliff uh, and I let you go because I don't want to offend you, I don't love you, I might as well go throw you off myself. But if I if I come in and I knock you down and break your leg in the process, I saved your life. And you can say, oh, you don't love me because you broke my leg. I didn't break your love, leg on purpose. I saved your life on purpose. And the consequence of that was it broke your leg. Again, 1 uh, John 3, 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If we truly have the love of God, we keep his commandments. And right. I think this is where people go way astray. They say they love God, but they don't keep his commandments. Right. Uh, and remember, they go so far as to say that you don't have to keep his commandments. <laughs> which is to which be, is total heresy. This is total deconstruction <laughs> of, the, of the whole gospel Yeah, uh, that you no longer have to keep the commandments. But the reality is, is the commandments were God's law before he actually codified them. They're his character. They're his being. Yeah, you, and he he gave us those so that we could so that we could be like him, and 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 still be able to receive from him in those things. So so like when I think about like we are talking about like love, Jesus came along and they asked him what's the greatest of all the commandments God gave. He said you know he repeats Deuteronomy six and he says you know the the, the he says the Shema that, that love the Lord your God with all your heart soul strength and mind love. And then, and then he's, you know, in love. Uh, there he didn't say that. And then he says, teach him to your children. And he goes through the whole thing when you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk by the way. And he's saying that we need to understand his word. In order to love him, we have to understand his word because his word tells us what God accepts as love. Oh, totally. And we we, we kind of more do like the, the flesh is more like the Cain model where we come and we say, this is what I'm going to bring you out of my love and you have to accept it. And God says, I won't accept it. And then we go out and hurt other people who are doing what God accepts because we want God to accept what, what we brought. And so it's kind of, that's kind of, there's a psychological model that's happened that a lot of times we're very unaware of in that uh, when you look at the three fathers of psychology, Freud and Jung and Maslow, which, you know, I hear preachers in the pulpit, quoting these three guys all the time and i can't for the life of me figure out what they're doing um i have a master's degree in christian counseling and i don't think that i don't think that secular psychology and christianity can be married together you're right uh, you're right because you have freud in the he he brings into the psych the psychological all the sexual nonsense comes from freud um when you look at it, his whole primal screen thing is, I mean, he literally says in primal screen that every young man wants to sleep with his mother because of this whole thing. And then he reverses that as well. So that, that comes from one of the fathers of psychology and nobody wants to pay attention. Sigmund, and that, that's Freud. Then it comes, Carl Jung comes along. He's second in charge. 
his father was a Presbyterian minister and he's 13 years old. He walked away from the communion table because he said at his communion table, Carl Jung has to die and I'm not dying. So he understood communion more than most people do. But then he brings godlessness, I mean literally a, a hatred for God into psychology. And then Maslow comes along and says you have to learn how to love yourself. The problem is we don't love ourselves enough. And so this is where this this is where the psychology of broken love came from, and why we have this love nonsense mixed up with sexual immorality, uh, and self self deprivation, more love for ourselves and whatever, you know. And that and that is why we can't forgive other people because we're so focused on ourselves. And, and that's what I'm and we getting. We don't even at. realize. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what you, I mean. I, I'm, that's what you're saying. Yes. And, and that's why we can't forgive, but we have to understand the psychosis behind it. Uh, really, and it, it really is a, a psychosis. And the only way to break that psychosis is to truly love God. Totally. And and and, and then if, he, it, he his love. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't love God, you love self, and then you redefine the Bible. You you redefine right. what you're talking about. You make your own Bible. You're so arrogant. You think you can change the Word of God into something you want it to say. Yes, that's exactly right. So it's what we do all the time. And that's why I think another interesting thing is we talk about peace, you know. Peace is something that mankind has been wanting forever. And what we're really looking for, we say peace, we really look, without understanding, we're really, we need peace with God. Exactly. That's our ultimate peace. So if you have peace with everybody on your block and everybody in your workplace and whatever, but you don't have peace with God, you still don't have peace. You don't have peace, you're uh, right. But when you have peace with God, you can have peace with everybody everywhere, no matter how they react and respond, because your peace doesn't does not require behavior on other people's part. Your peace only requires being right with God. You're exactly right, Don. You know, people today are troubled. They are worried. Their mind is destroying their peace. It's destroying their relationships with families, friends, employers and their enemies. Their right. minds are causing them to be tormented by evil spirits. It's causing them to fail in their jobs, businesses, finances, and marriages right. because they don't have peace with God. So their self, it's constantly in battle. Right. It's internal. They're actually having an internal war. Yes. Between their own, between their own spirit and their conscience. And it, it gravitates outside into everything that we do in the very same way. And that's what causes all the disruption. But in the very same way, when you have peace on your inside, then no matter what happens on the outside, you can maintain, you still have peace. And so yes. you're, you walk. that's like Jesus walking on the, on the end of the storm. He said, peace be still because peace has arrived. <laughs> you know, so he said, y'all can knock off the, all your drama now because peace is here. And, okay. That's what happens when Jesus comes inside of us. He calms all the storms. When they came to you know, arrest we, we him. We all walk around. When right. They, when they we, came we, to we arrest him in the garden, he had peace. Right. When he stood before exactly. Pilate, he had peace. Exactly. Uh, to, and that's what that's what he offers us, you know. And we, you know, we just don't, if we ever really understand that, that when you stand in the Lord, every battle is it, already won, no matter what it looks like. Uh, that gives you tremendous peace. And another thing I found interesting is um, when I went to Israel about five or six years ago, 
and you know we've all we all know the the blessing you know the lord bless you keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and turn his face toward you and give you peace we all we all know that we say it you know sure. we, we recite it much like we do the lord's prayer or psalms 23 or stuff that people everybody in church knows but you know every once in a while you get a real revelation about what something means you know and you begin to understand and so i was there and, and i and you know, and they were talking about people would come out every morning. They would come to the to the temple court to to the temple yard, courtyard for the priestly blessing that was given in the morning after the morning sacrifice. And the priest would come out and he would pronounce this blessing over the people in every morning. And that's why. So when you read in the New Testament, it said they met daily in the temple courts and they met house to house for prayer. Because the majority of those people were Jewish, they were still going to the temple court to get their blessing of peace every morning. Yes, yes. And continued to do so for a long time afterwards. And so there's really there's really something to that whole concept to, to make sure that you get your daily blessing of peace with the Father. Every, that's why it says, uh, when it talks about pray this way, it says give us our, our, our daily bread. Amen. Our daily bread is a part of that peace that we have. And I think that that's one of the reasons why so many people that are so busy that they forfeit morning prayer or devotion or whatever, they lose such a great deal because and we take it on as more of a, we, we do so much of this stuff as something that we have to do rather than realizing it's something that we really cannot not do. Yeah. If we want to live what God's called us to live. And, and it, so we don't have to, it's it's not a I say all the time like the Sabbath is not a it's not a law to be kept it's a it's a blessing to be received and and, uh, and people all the things of God are people have to eat physical food or eventually they die we have to have daily relationship with God we're eating His flesh we're drinking His blood. In other words, we're partaking of the Word of God. We're living by His promises. If we don't, we eventually die spiritually. We have to right. partake with our devotions daily for our, our own sustenance, or we are going to lose our peace. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that when we start talking about peace and, like, what's going on, you know, in the world with everything, you know, I uh, people are so, you know, and, and I just try to continually, you know, tell people if we're gonna, if we can't have peace until there's peace all over the world, we're never gonna have peace. That's right. But there's never not been a time when there's not turmoil, tumultuous stuff going on everywhere, you know. Uh, somewhere, somewhere, sometime, uh, you know. And I, I think that's one of the things I think why why we have to limit our intake of news and Twitter feeds and all the you know social media stuff that's on everywhere. Because when we get inundated with these messages of this tumultuousness going on everywhere. Yes. And we have no no way to write it. And I, I just been trying to teach our people, when, well, you need to look at all of those things. You need to say, in what way can I, I mean, are they calling you up and asking you what do you think, what they think you ought to, what, what do they think, do you think that they ought to do? And the answer is no. Nobody gives a rip what we think about what they ought to do about some of this stuff. Yes. And so the reality is we need to take responsibility for something we have no, we have, we, we want to, we take, you know, accountability for things with which we have no responsibility. And then we ignore the things for which we have responsibility that we can change. And so we worry about what we can't change while we ignore what we can change. 
And then we wonder why we're just completely shredded. And the reality is we got to put down. So we, we need to pray for, it said the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders and those in government positions uh, that we can be peaceful, quiet, and godly lives. Amen. You know, and so that's what we need to pray that way. And then we need to live peaceful, quiet, and godly lives. <laughs> yes. The guardian, now this word, the guardian nature of peace is also increased through the renewing of the mind. Isaiah 26, 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And you know, on my daily blog, I have the thought of the day on my website, www.worldministries.org. I also have it on the World Ministries International Facebook, World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Henson. Keep your mind focused on the promises of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, and you will find peace. Don? Amen. That is so true. I I think what couples right along with that is what Peter talks about in Second Peter, talking about uh, making our calling and election sure. He gives us, he talks about God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him, who called us by His own glory and goodness. And He says, through these, He's given us great and precious promises, so that through them we may participate in His divine nature and escape corruption, the world caused by evil desires. And one of the greatest, I think, when I think of the divine nature of God. I think about like the fruit of the spirit, God's nature and love, joy, peace is right in that top three. God, no matter what's going on, God's always at peace. He can't get, he doesn't get rattled. That's right. And he's, and that's, and, and he's given us these promises. And the reason God calls us to do walk in the promises is so we can participate in his divine nature, which is the fruit of the spirit. Sure. And what's really, and he, he tells us to add a bunch of stuff, but in the end of that passage, he says, uh, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means what we're talking about now, they will they will keep you in peace. They'll keep you in love. They'll keep you in joy. They'll keep you in all these things. But if you don't have them, then you're nearsighted and blind and you've forgotten. You've been cleansed of your past. And, it, and he goes on in the end there, and he says that if you – Increase in these things and be eager to make your election sure. You'll receive a rich, rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And He says that you will never fail. Yes. So you'll never fail to be able to bring peace to any situation you're in. You'll never fail to be able to bring the perfect love of God to any situation you're in. If you live to participate in the divine nature of God and stop trying to redefine Him. And just let him define himself and just do as he has asked us to do instead of trying to make up what we think we ought to do. And that's what religion does. It just makes up a bunch of stuff that God never asked us to do. And then we get all uptight when everybody doesn't do all that stuff. And uh, we have to be so careful. And so, you know, that when we're talking about all these different things, you know, really what we really have to go back to taking God at his word and then living as if though God meant what he said. Exactly. And he said what he meant. Well, he and when we do that, it's, it's, it's really possible to get you off your, to move. And when you stay in that mindset, uh, it's so different that it's just really, it's really just really hard to get you uh, bent out of shape. No, you're right, Don. I mean, uh, 
he created us in his image. He knows how we should think, how we should live. If we live according to the way we are made, we find peace. I mean, we're made in the image of God. We're not a fish. If you try to be a fish, you'll drown. Somebody, right. somebody will eat you. Now, to go back into what you're saying a little bit on, on people are too much Twitter and everything else, you know, our minds are constantly processing information. Not all of it is beneficial. Now, the word right. mind in the scriptures, the passage can be translated imagination. We are mm-hmm. easily sl- snowed under with too many images and ungodly influences that attack the borders of our souls, causing our imaginations to run wild. Our thoughts become scattered. We lose focus on our walk with God. Done? Yep. The Bible in one place calls that vain imagination. Totally. Uh, vanity, you know. Yes. Uh, and it's talking about take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ in Philippians there when it uses this concept of vain imagination. And, uh, you know, we have to, and then another place it uses vain imagination is in Romans 1, where it talks about they knew God, but they thought not the knowledge of God, something to be retained. Yes. And then he, they, you, then you start down, and it said they they thought themselves to be wise, became fools. Yes, vain imaginations will lead you into absolute foolishness. That's right. Uh, in activity, because it's not based on anything other than what's created in your mind. Yes. And so the mind is. They say the mind's a terrible thing to waste, but a, a mind is also a terrible thing to stir up with nonsense, uh, because one vain imagination just leads to another. To where, you know, like, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, that now, they're just the other day, a teacher got fired because a kid came in and meowed at her because he thought it, it's, it's uh, today is, uh, it's a furry today. It's some kind of animal. It's not a human being. <laughs> and she got fired because she didn't meow back at the kid because she just said, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, it's, it's bad enough. It's just, that's what happened. This is all, vain. this is what vain imagination leads to. Well, with the public schools, you know, the public, yeah, the public schools, public schools, you know, I can understand this kid with the public schools uh, telling little boys, you can be little girls and vice versa. I mean, my goodness. Now they, they think they can be a cat or any, maybe a rat. They can be anything they want. Yeah. But then the problem, you know, the problem is, is when I look at a man and a woman, I know they're a man and a woman. They don't change. (laughs) That's right. This vain imagination world is. You come up to me and you tell me today I'm imagining I'm a this and I have to get in your imagination <laughs> or I got something wrong with me. Yeah, exactly. I'm the bad guy. Exactly. And, and that- you know, it, 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 it's, and I mean, and to the point that you can be punished, they, uh, they're putting people, there, there's two people right now in, in, in I forgot, one of the European countries, uh, they're on trial right now. The trial's finished and they're waiting for a, the judge to make a decision. Simply because they read chapter one of Romans, wow, which the government said is a hate crime, wow, and they and one the 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 man is a pastor and the woman is his wife, but she's been she's been in, in several elected offices in their country, it served their country in elected office, and they're both being tagged as being hate haters uh, because of the whole LBGTQ thing. You know, the, the reality, people better, you know, that's not far from our country. That's right. Coming, 
to a to a courthouse near in all of us sometime very very soon. And that's um, what they're trying to do: persecute us all. Again, ladies right. and gentlemen, keep your mind focused on the promises of God if you want peace. Now, the devil loves to replay old videos of past failures and weaknesses. It's one of his favorite torments. Not only that, we are prone to feed our minds in a wide assortment of images, televised information, movies, stories, and expressed attitudes of all kinds that impress us with images. Keep your mind focused on the promises of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, and you will find peace. This is Dr. Hansen. My special guest has been Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Eagle saving nations. They're trying to force the world. Our government is trying to force us into, again, their mentality, which is totally against Jesus Christ, if not persecution they plan to use against us. Eagle saving nations. Only the church can rise up and stop this insanity. Look at my website, www.worldministries.org. www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. Join today. May God richly bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.